A lesson from Micah chapter 5. But you, O Bethlehem Ephrathah, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah, from you shall come forth for me one who is to be ruler in Israel, whose origin is from old, from ancient days. Therefore, he shall give them up until the time when she who is in labor has given birth. Then the rest of his brothers shall return to the people of Israel. And he shall stand and shepherd his flock in the strength of the Lord, in the majesty of the name of the Lord his God. And they shall dwell secure, for now he shall be great to the ends of the earth, and he shall, and he shall be their peace. When the Assyrian comes into our land and treads in our palaces, then he will raise against him seven shepherds and eight princes of men. This is the word of the Lord. Reading from Titus, the second chapter. For the grace of God has appeared, bringing salvation for all people, training us to renounce ungodliness and worldly passions, and to live self-controlled, upright, and godly lives in the present age, waiting for our blessed hope, the appearing of the glory of our great God and Savior, Jesus Christ, who gave himself for us to redeem us from all lawlessness and to purify for himself a people for his own possession who are zealous for good works. This is the word of the Lord. We stand in honor of the gospel. Reading from Luke, the second chapter. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that all the world should be registered. This was the first registration when Quirinius was governor of Syria. And all went to be registered, each to his own town. And Joseph also went up from Galilee, from the town of Nazareth, to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and lineage of David, to be registered with Mary, his betrothed, who was with child. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And she gave birth to her firstborn son and wrapped him in swaddling cloths and laid him in a manger, because there was no place for them in the inn. And in the same region there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were filled with fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of a great joy that will be for all the people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly host, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace among those with whom he is pleased. When the angels went away from them into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go over to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. And they went with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a manger. This is the word of the Lord. We join in. In the name of our Lord Jesus, amen. Christmas passage from the last part of the Bible, 1 John chapter 4, verse 9. In this the love of God was manifested toward us, that God sent his only begotten Son, into the world that we might live through him. And if I could also add these verses from the fifth chapter, 
We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. We know that the Son of God has come and has given us an understanding that we may know Him who is true. And we are in Him who is true, in His Son, Jesus Christ. This is the true God and eternal life. Dear believers, in the infant Christ, the Son of God, and especially those who may be wondering whether or not that is true, we bring you good comfort and joy this evening. Christmas is a beautiful time for us to feast with our families, a beautiful time for us to give and receive presents, reminding ourselves of the greatest gift of all that God has given to us in His Son, which, that's the third part of Christmas, the part we're celebrating right now, remembering that gift, God's Son, to save us. It is this third part of Christmas that really makes the first two ultimately beautiful, meaningful, and even eternal. One of the great things about Christmas, in addition to all the beauty uh, that we see it in, in so many different ways in Christmas, is, of course, the Christmas carols. And from time to time in my Christmas messages, I like to dig into some of those a little bit. They are truly amazing. And the one I've chosen tonight is uh, a pretty familiar one to all of us. God rest you, you merry gentlemen. What a beautiful uh, carol this is. It arose from the streets of London in the 1600s. Its author is anonymous. We know that Charles Dickens was familiar with this Christmas carol in his story, The Christmas Carol. And this is for all of you to take notes on for your next trivia night. This is the only carol that's actually mentioned in that story. Yes, there was this caroler standing outside of the office of, of Ebenezer Scrooge. And he was singing, God rest you, merry gentlemen. Old Scrooge could hear it through the keyhole, which prompted him to grab a ruler and chase that caroler off. Of course, that was before his Christmas conversion. This is a beautiful carol. It mentions what many Christmas carols mention, and that is brotherly love, a part of Christmas. It's very important to all of us, part of the gift-giving and the family time that we share with one another. But the carol also goes much deeper than that and shows us what the real obstacle to that love, that brotherly and sisterly love that we desire in our families and in our country and in the world. The obstacle, the author nails it as he goes right to the very heart of it, to the, to the Satan himself. And then as well to the source of that love to that source of love in the sending of God's Son, Jesus our Savior. God rest you, merry gentlemen. Let nothing you dismay. Remember, Christ our Savior was born on Christmas Day to save us all from Satan's power when we were gone astray. It's amazing how many of the Christmas hymns and carols mention Satan. As we sang already in one of our carols this, this evening, and, we'll hear it, and we hear it again in many others. O come, O come, Emmanuel. 
O come, thou branch of Jesse's tree, free them from Satan's tyranny. Hark the glad sound. He comes the prisoners to release in Satan's bondage held. Joy to the world. He comes to make his blessings known far as the curse is found. Come your hearts and voices raising in our need, his help extending, saved us from the wily foe. Well, what is this dismay that the author, the anonymous unknown author from so long ago is talking about in this carol, God rest you merry gentlemen. What kind of dismay might there have been in the hearts of any average man or woman in the 1600s in the streets of London? No doubt, if you know a little bit of history, it would have been similar to the same dismay that we find in our hearts today. Fear of wars, famines, wickedness, lies, greed, corruption, hatred. The author rightly nails the origin down as Satan, and not only Satan, but as the carol mentions, his tremendous power to lead us astray. This is what John was speaking about in his letter, the last of his writings. We know that we are of God, and the whole world lies under the sway of the wicked one. And we know that the Son of God has come and that He has given us understanding that we may know Him who is true. When Satan tempted Jesus in the desert, one of the lies and deceptions that he presented to our Lord was when he told him, all authority has been given to me and that I could transfer it to Jesus if he would just worship the, the Satan himself. Well, where did Satan get all of this authority over this entire world? Not from God. He got it from us. He got it from us and we gave in and believed his lies. And that is where all authority of evil gets its power when people give in to it and allow it to rule over them in their lives. Jesus referred to the devil as a murderer and the father of lies. And he's followed by a legion of liars whose communication method, whose weapon, whose stock and trade is lying and the suppression of truth. The denial of God is so prominent in our society. Virtually, in our very eyes, a denial of reality itself. A denial of creation. A denial of man and woman a denial of marriage, a denial of life. It all goes along with the denial of Christ, the virgin birth, a holy life, self-sacrifice on the cross, His resurrection, His ascension, and His coming again on the last day. Isaiah warned us that this would happen. 59th chapter, no one calls for justice, nor does any plead for truth. They trust in empty words and speak lies. They conceive evil and bring forth iniquity. And in the fifth chapter, woe to those who call evil good and good evil, who put darkness for light and light for darkness. But the caroler goes right to your heart and to mine. 
when he speaks to these gentlemen, reminding them that all of us have gone astray. We have to always ask ourselves, how have we been faithful to God? How have we been faithful to our parents, to our spouse, to our children, to our neighbors? How have we listened to the words of the Lord? We should feel a little bit of dismay in our hearts when such questions are raised. For we agree with the apostle to the Gentiles. There is none who are righteous. No, not one. This is the dismay that people would have felt in the 1600s and, yes, in our century and in every century of this world's existence. But the carol is so beautiful and moves well beyond this and keeps banging home that refrain again and again, comfort and joy, tidings of comfort and joy, all surrounding this reality that the Son of God has come into this world to save it from Satan and his power to lead us astray. All of you grammar police out there are going to enjoy this next part. This uh, carol has some uh, interesting grammar in the very first phrase. God rest you. It's often, uh, the comma is often misplaced at this point. Often you'll see it, God rest you, comma, merry gentlemen. But that's not at all what the author was trying to say. That would give us the impression that God gives rest and comfort to those who are already happy. But the Bible has told us in many places that's not the case at all. God always brings us to our knees in in repentance. And so James himself reminds us that uh, let your laughter be turned to mourning. No, the proper grammar in this particular carol is God rests you, Mary. That is to say, God rests. He takes hold of. He secures a merry, a happy, and a joyful life for you and for me through His Son, Jesus Christ. What about this word, gentleman? A controversial word today. In fact, A church in England has rewritten this entire carol, perhaps changed almost every single lyric in it to get rid of this image of the gentleman. The cancel culture which has such a twisted view of history and thinks that all the problems of the world are found in men and in Christian men in particular do not realize the reality of what this carol stands for and what the man, Christ, the Son of God, did for all, for men and for women and for children and from people of all nations on this earth. Who were these gentlemen in this carol? They were not the elites of the world in the first century A.D. at all. Who are these gentlemen that the caroler is talking about? They were the lowly shepherds. The lowest on the economic rung in the history of the world at that time. And yet, the caroler speaks to them, the angels speak to them as though they have now been elevated to this great status to be called gentlemen, to be called 
people who are the people of God, who can afford to be gentle because their sins have been forgiven and their life has been transformed. And so began the transformation with Christ that is spread throughout the entire world. People of all different statuses in this world have been raised to a new status in God's kingdom. We read in 1 John again 4, verse 9, In this the love of God was manifest toward us, that God has sent His only Son into the world that we may live through Him. Those shepherds ran to see this babe lying in the manger and they knelt down and worshipped Him. And sometime after that, Magi from the east, the opposite end of the spectrum in terms of class, were there as well, kneeling before that same infant Savior of the world. All the inequities and all the injustices of men, and I'm using the word men there in the biblical sense, as Genesis tells us, God created in the beginning man, male and female, In all of us, we find these injustices and inequities to find their remedy in Christ who saves us from the sway of the evil one. We can now afford to be, no matter who we are, gentlemen and gentle ladies as we exalt the truth that God loves all and forgives all. We suppress the temptations to hatred and covetousness and deceit because of Christ, because of the cross, the just for the unjust, made righteous that we might be made right with God and right with one another. Because of Christ, we rest. We have for ourselves the true tidings of comfort and joy. Amen.